Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. Uh, today's episode, I'm bringing to you a conversation with my good friend from Trinidad and Tobago, Miss Megan Gill. Megan got her start in Trinidad's alternative music scene at the age of 14, playing bass in the hard rock band Insert Coin, and has since performed in many bands over the years. In 2010, she enrolled in the Digital Media Studies Music Technology Program at UTT, and upon finishing the program, she went on to pursue her BFA in Performing Arts with a focus on theater design and production. Over her years in the field of music and theater in Trinidad, Megan has worked as a live mix engineer and studio vocal and music producer at Random Design Studios, producing work for the corporate market, the local alternative music scene, and her own material as a producer, singer, songwriter. She's also produced sound and lighting designs for many productions, including A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Trinidad Theatre Workshop and The Wiz at Queen's Hall, directed by Mervyn de Gauche. In 2015, Megan was hired by Disney Cruise Line and held the position of audio technician in the Walt Disney Theatre, which showcases world-class Broadway-style productions of Disney musicals, including Tangled the Musical and the award-winning Disney Dreams, an enchanted classic. Notably, Megan was also on the technical team for the installation of Frozen, a musical spectacular. Working for Disney Cruise Line has afforded Megan the opportunity to network with professionals from all parts of the world and travel to countries such as Spain, France, Italy, Norway, Iceland, and many more. Megan has recently released her latest single, Monsters, with the theme of female empowerment attached to the visuals and hopes to empower females through her journey in the arts. Currently, Megan is finishing her Master's in Arts and Culture Management in Rome, Italy, and hopes that her passion for music, theater, and digital media will continue to take her all over the world. Her goal is to eventually return home to Trinidad, equipped with the tools necessary to be an active force in the revolution of the arts. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the great and powerful Megan Gill. And here we are, live on Skype. <laughs> live. I'm talking to Miss Megan Gill, extraordinaire, who is <laughs> Skyping in from, you are in Italy now? Correct, Rome, yes. Rome, Italy. This is a far cry from Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, when I tell them where I'm from, most of the time they don't know. And then when I explain where I'm from, they just want to know what on earth could bring me to this side of the world. But uh, yeah, many things have brought me here, I think. And that and that's great. So before we kind of get into the the nuts and bolts of of, of our conversation, um, if you could give a uh, an introduction of yourself, uh, you know what you do, where you're from, what you got going on, so that uh, the audience becomes more familiar with. Megan Gill. All right. Um, it might it might be a long one, but cool. I am Megan Gill. I am a musician, a singer, songwriter, a music producer, theater technician. Um, and right now, I'm pursuing my master's in arts and culture management here in Rome. Um, I could I can elaborate. I started playing bass in a band called Insert Coin when I was 14 and that sort of opened all the doors to like the music industry, the underground rock 
and hard rock sort of um, niche market that going on in Trinidad. And I met a lot of people, talented musicians and other. And um, from there, my journey with music never stopped and branched off into doing theater, which was very um, something I didn't realize I wanted to do. Uh, yeah, I worked for Disney Cruise Line for about three and a half years as a um, A2, basically, in the, in the theater. Uh, I had a great time doing that. And then at a certain point, I, I realized that I was ready to further my education. And, and now I'm talking to you, Richard. <laughs> so, 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 so to give the audience a, an idea of, of how we know each other. Um, yes. I, I met you uh, when you started uh, your undergraduate degree at, uh, at the Academy for the Performing Arts at UTT. Um, and you had originally come through the MTech program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in there to do music tech, um, digital media studies, which now I see is like, uh, you know, going to be a full um, bachelor degree. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that. And I w I'm very curious to... Uh, you know, I wish I could be a fly on the wall to see uh, what, what they're doing now. But yeah, did the uh, certificate in mu music tech and then sort of branched into the theater design and production in a, a way that I, I didn't expect, or I guess I didn't even want at the time. But, um, you know, things happen sometimes that you can't explain. And I had a great time and, you know, did lighting and set design and fell in love with it all so I'm, I'm happy at the end of the day it was a it was a really big change and a really welcome change to what i was doing before which which is great because like anything we when when, when we first meet we don't know anything about each other and then all of a sudden you know through a conversation you learn very you learn maybe oh maybe i'll try this or maybe i'll try that because i learned That's a lot about I learned a lot about music through you and your experiences, and hopefully you got garnered something uh, from from us. Obviously, it, that <laughs> all of a sudden you were like, "I want to do this. I want to give it that changed, a try." Yeah, it changed the trajectory of my life. I think doing the theater design and production um, it opened so many possibilities for me. I think, and and. Now I'm, I'm, I'm just very excited about opportunities and possibilities. The more you open your mind to, the more that, is the more you can, is the bigger your mind gets, you know, and, and it opens so many doors for you. So I'm just, I'm just on a journey of learning, which is, I think, the most fun thing to do. So let's, let, so let's rewind the clock back a little bit. Now you said that you started playing music when you were 14. Uh, was that something that, uh, was there music in your family or was that something you just, you, you saw something, you picked it up and you said, I want to play this? Yeah. Um, as far as I know, music wasn't, music is not like a very solid part of my family. Um, it's not been like my parents don't play instruments, anything like that. I, I got a guitar when I was 12 from my grandmother, you know, and I, I took lessons every single day for one month. And that's how I learned to play guitar. I mean, obviously, I took lesson after that, doing classical guitar and stuff like that. And then um, through a very bizarre turn of events, Intercoin needed a, a bassist. And for some reason, someone asked my mom 
uh, you know, Megan plays bass, and my mom had no idea the difference between guitar and bass either. So she comes home to ask me, you know, if I play bass, and I go, no, I don't play bass, I play guitar. And then she's telling me into a coin. And I, at the time, you know, I was I was 14, and, you know, and I thought, these guys don't want me. These These big men who have been playing music and have been you know, spearheading rock and roll, you know, along with Orange Sky and, you know, Joint Pop and these other big bands. I'm like, they, they they don't want me, I'm sure. But I had an audition and, you know, the rest is history. And I had a, I lived out my, my rock star dreams as a, as a teen, you know, and I played, <laughs> did many, many shows for a lot of, um, a lot of people. I think the, the highlight was when we were one of the opening bands for um, the Art of Rock concert, which featured uh, Stephen Marley, Evanescence, and uh, uh, Lifehouse in Trinidad. So that was the biggest stage I played and the coolest show I think I played um, since. So, so, so your mother or your grandmother must have been yeah. like, you know, this, 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 my little granddaughter. Well, I, I'm going to give her this because it's going to drive her mother crazy. <laughs> you know, I, I, initially I wanted to play drums and my my dad and mom just got me this tiny little like a laptop drum kit that just was a, you know, I guess it, it was, you know, it would have been noisy. I would have practiced every single day, you know, nonstop. Um, so that's, yeah, that I, I did that. I also played pan. Pan was, was my first, first instrument if I were to okay. be truthful pan was my first instrument that i played yes and um yeah and then getting the guitar you know looking at it across the room not knowing how to play it i couldn't wait to take my first lesson and yeah i'm super grateful to my to my grandmother for that because that was also a pivotal moment in in my life you know so, so big shout out to granny for for the inspiration yeah. shout out to my granny mom peg yes there you go yeah, because, uh, you know, as, as you were saying, you know, your first instrument was, was pan, and that seems to be everybody's first instrument, whether they I like think, it or not. I think it should be. I think everyone in Trinidad and Tobago should learn how to play pan. I don't, I don't understand why it's not so. What, what, what do, when, when you think of, of, of the pan, uh, what does it represent to you then? Um... Okay, well, I guess this is also story time, you know. Um, I loved music in general, and I appreciated playing pan, you know. It was kind of like drums, you know, that I wanted to, always wanted to play. And it had this beautiful melodic, you know, quality about it. And I played all the different types of pans that, that there are. Um, and also in, in Providence, and I, I played pan in, we had to play pan in uh, music in Form 5. Um, but... When I was in UTT, I remember we we had to sort of intern um, as like microphone technicians for the pan semifinals, and I believe they still they still do that from the M Tech group. Um, yeah, yeah, Cats and Yuichi still are out there recording like crazy. And do they have the kids? Kids? Do they have the students doing the mic um, tech work, or is it something else now? I don't know. Well, I think like all things, it, the the program evolves and changes. Um, okay. I I do believe that there is still some still some of that. I mean, when when you uh, watch it on uh, on stream or on TV or 
so often. You can see the the folks in the background periodically. You can see people sure. move, moving around. But I'm sorry, sure. I interrupted. No, no, uh, you know, I went off on a tangent. Um, but it, I I did that microphone tech work, yeah, and it was my first time really experiencing um, panorama and experiencing it from the stage in that way, you know, because we'd run and put the position the microphone and then run back and then once the band's finished we run and grab the microphone and then you know they wheel out but being a part of or being on stage during that time there's they're really I mean carnival time in general is a sense you can feel the energy in the air but there was something very very energetic and something very it sort of it really changed me and it gave me a, a new appreciation for the instrument I mean the the only instrument to be invented in the 21st century yes Right? Is is the, the, the pan. Am I wrong? Yeah. Well, I, 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 I couldn't begin to tell you because I know that things like drums and guitars and things have a, obviously a very, very long history. But, but the, I mean, you know, some, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's something. I'll go that with we, it. Yeah. So it's something that we should be proud of. I mean, there are people that are not in Trinidad, especially in Japan, who, who value the instrument so much value it so much and take such pride in this instrument that belongs to us it's us you know we should we should take pride i think i think the pan instrument it, it does represent pride and, and energy there's something about you know beating the pan and then having that sound just ride back out onto you you know in your face you know amplified it's 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 truly magical you know go play pan kids all ears <laughs> Well, you, you know, it's it's interesting. You talk about the the international flavor, and uh, I want to say it was two years ago. They it may be coming around again. Is that they had an international pan festival on on the savannah, mm. and they had bands from Japan and France and a bunch of places that you would never associate with necessarily playing steel pan. So. Uh, uh, we have uh, a couple of students who travel to the states and go to right. uh, nor uh, Northern Illinois University. We actually just had a, a student get accepted into their music program. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, tell it's... all of these things. Tell me all of these good things. Yes. <laughs> if I absolutely. Can at the same time, I would. I really would. I just, I just come help out wherever I can, you know, and then you know, do my thing in Italy, you know. So, so for those of you who are listening from the UTT staff, I have it on record now. She, <laughs> she wants to come okay. and be an associate professor. You can quote me, sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. So, so how, how did you find the, the transition then into uh, 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 rock and roll music or, or that type of music? Because obviously Calypso, Soca, I mean, that, that's what's played on the radio. And sure. sure, you know, the influx of of American music or music from abroad um, is obviously much more accessible now, not only because of, of, of you know, see, I was going to say tapes. I'm like, oh, my God, am I that old? <laughs> CDs, but, even. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's what I meant. <laughs> even but, with, but now with uh, downloading and sharing and file sharing, you know, sure. uh, how, how did you get... Yeah, how did you gravitate towards music and say, I want to play rock and roll as opposed to I want to play Calypso or Soka? Um, that's a really good question. 
I think that w when I when I started learning guitar and playing guitar, I I sort of I was writing music as as soon as I could. I was writing songs as soon as I could. Um, and I kind of like you know my biggest inspiration was Alanis Morissette at that at okay. that time. So a lot of my a lot of the stuff that I was writing was like very singer songwriter you know type things. And I I've always I've always sort of liked rock music. I mean I watch MTV you know a, a lot. Like I'd always like sneak and watch MTV on a morning getting ready for school. You know what I mean when I wasn't allowed supposed to you know. And and so I was influenced through media, you know, TV back then. I can't remember the last time I watched TV now. But, um, yeah, you know, with, with all these different genres of music and my the extent of my rockness at that age, you know, was Alanis Morissette, um, Linkin Park, maybe Korn, you know, um, stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, backtracking a little bit, my dad had a lot of music and we not only listened to a lot of various music from Trinidad from the Caribbean and elsewhere um but we also watched like DVDs so I watched like all of Queen's music videos all of like uh you know Michael Jackson music music videos Janet Jackson Mariah Carey all of these things you know so I guess I guess my my family they don't play instruments but there was always music around okay but not until I started playing with Insert Coin did I really understand rock music and get into rock and roll and hard rock and metal and all the various subcategories of metal. And you know, I'm a I'm a pretty hardcore girl now because of uh, because of that, you know. Um, and it's it's not just listening, but also the energy of playing rock music. Like I haven't performed in a band that was heavy since Insert Coin, um, but I truly miss being on stage playing heavy music. It's, <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing like it. I, I, I hear that there is, uh, now I, I am not a, a performer in any way type like that. I mean, I played uh, band music and uh, orchestra music and things like that. And that was the extent of my, uh, my, uh, my music uh, playing. I like jazz. I always like I like the feeling of jazz, but jazz. Um, but I uh, I happened to be when I when I played it, uh, there were there were there were like three or four people in in our jazz band who were head and were clearly head and shoulders above of in in talent. One yeah. in particular has gone on to a, an amazing career. A guitarist named Chris Siebold, and uh, he used to live down the street. Uh, from me because we all kind of lived in the same town oh. and and at at 16 years old he he would sit there and extol the virtues of frank zappa and he would sit there <laughs> and talk about about getty lee and rush and he it just it was it was mind-numbing just how yeah. his his mind wrapped around music and and uh he's just you know like i said it's like nobody else needs to show up i mean he's just that good <laughs> sure but um, but for but in terms of like appreciation of music, like the energy of music, like um, I get it more through uh, the the rhythm and the beat and things like that. Uh, you know, I, I I relate this to the story of uh, Henry Rollins when he talks about when he used to go see 
like the the bands of the time at when he was growing up the the arena rock you know uh-huh. Aerosmith or Led Zeppelin you know things like that but he said that the uh, I hopefully I'm not completely butchering this story but he would talk about how when he went and stood you know this close to the bad brains or uh-huh. went to go or went to go see the Ramones for the first time and said that's it that's it I like that energy that that speaks yeah. to me yeah you know? that and, that to me is that's that visceral connection yeah and um I, I mean I now I can look back and I, I think you know I guess I was I first of all I was very lucky about about these things you know I, and I'm very grateful for all of these opportunities that I had when I was younger you know it it really trained me in a way that is invaluable you know and um I love going to live music shows, even if I don't know the band necessarily. I love experiencing it in the same way that I love jacking in an electric guitar and standing in front of the, you know, the PA and and, and letting it crank in front of the amplifier and, and letting it crank and and the feeling of it. But I think because I was so young when I started that these are, you know, in my formative years, these are the things that made me happy. And so now when I do it, it brings that sense of, of, of my teenage years. And it brings a sense of it's all of like, it's such a, like a release of endorphins, like a drug, I guess, you know, I like, for instance, I really haven't picked up a, an electric guitar in a long time, but now I'm, you know, working a, a recording studio here and I guess we'll, we'll get to the Italy things after and I, I jacked in for the first time in, in ages and I just played and played and played just on, on my own you know the the energy and the, the visceral connection is, is very very real and and something to be appreciated I think definitely yeah because as, as I'm watching you you explain the story I mean the smile on your face gets bigger and bigger the more you think about it it seems yeah yeah, I'm telling you, there's nothing better. I mean, if I could just music for my whole life, but I would. But also arts. You know, I, don't, I can't choose. <laughs> I, have to, I have to do it all. I can't just choose one. Well, speaking of, of having it all. So yes. you, 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 you're, you're, you're a musician. It, it, in your being, you are, you are a musician. And as you went through UTT's process and kind of started to add... Uh, uh, these different layers to yourself. Mm-hmm. How have how has that passion for music started to translate into the curiosity that's led you down to not only getting involved in production, but you know what made you decide to, uh, Disney to apply to Disney, for example? What 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 was your thought about that? Sure. I mean, I think that creativity can transcend different crafts. Um, you know, I, I think that now, I guess at the time I, I didn't, you know, all I saw was music and production and that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, I don't want to do lights, Richard. I don't want to do stagecraft. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember that fight. (laughs) I, yeah, I just, I was like, I didn't, you know, understand. So, so, so now it's like two points. It's sort of, you know learning that creativity can transcend the particular medium that you have perfected you know you can you can explore different ways to be creative and i found that in lighting design 
you know I've never had to, I've never done like a, a big set design, but we've definitely touched on it. Or we've done it in school. And um, it's, it's, if you're creative in one thing, chances are you're going to be able to be creative across the board. Yeah. So that's one. And then two, learning to, to take advice. And, you know, if, I mean, if my professors never pushed me in that direction, of doing something other than the music and, and stuff, I wouldn't have done it on my own, yeah? So mm -hmm. I think it's also also understanding where you are and the resources that you have and trusting yourself and those resources and letting that sort of guide you because at a certain point, I just started to just backstroke into it, you know, instead of fighting against because, you know, I... It, it was something that at first I had a hard time, but it was just my own mental block against it. I don't know why, you know, but um, if I had a, a chance to do a design again, I definitely would. Um, and so Disney, right. Um, I, I had been working at, uh, at Random Design Studios uh, as a music producer for some time after, or during as well, but after UTT. And... I was fulfilled, but I thought that maybe there can be more. I thought that maybe I can do something else, you know? And I felt like, I felt like, honestly, I really wanted to travel as well. And I've never been one to do something that I didn't like. I remember one time I had like a secretarial um, job and, you know, I'm not saying that that's a bad job to have, but I remember having it. And then two weeks later, I just left and I didn't even pick up the two weeks of money that, you know, I was just like, I'm gone. Like, see ya. I just, I can't, I have to, I have to do something that I remotely like. And so I guess I just took a chance on, on applying, you know, my cousin was, uh, was working for Norwegian Cruise Line and, you know, I saw her story and, and, and heard her speak about it and, and so I started the process of applying for different companies. But then, I, you know, Disney Entertainment, I, I just, I aimed big, I guess. I aimed, I aimed pretty big. And, um, and then it happened. Um, but it wasn't just, oh, I applied for Disney and then I got this job. It was like a constant battle and uh, applying to so many cruise lines and um, researching a lot and trying to network to see if I can find someone who can guide me or help me in some way to achieve this goal that I set for myself and yeah applied you know the the interviewing process was long um the selection process was very long and and then yeah I got like maybe a month and a half notice before they were ready they said they wanted me and I mean my time there was fantastic you know I worked I worked really hard and I learned a lot the uh the i i have uh, i've had the opportunity over the years to 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 run across people that have uh worked for disney in in various fashions some have worked at theme parks some have worked at stores things like that uh, you you're the one of the first people that i that i'm i i know directly that's worked for the for the cruise line yeah and i guess my my question is um you know, they say you know everybody has their own way. How would you describe 
the Disney way? And, and how did you find yourself either embracing it or internalizing it? And, uh, and do, you still, do you still use some of what Disney taught you today? Sure. Um, definitely, yes, I use a lot of what Disney taught me today, um, mainly because, you know, well, well, first of all, the, big, the, the thing about Disney is above and beyond. To go, like you, you must, you must go above and beyond to to make mm-hmm. the show for the guests, for the experience, to create magical experiences. And this was my first professional job as you know a technician out of school. You know, I, I worked in a recording studio as a, as, a, as a producer. I never had to work as a technician in a theater or in any venues, um, like you know. Okay, so I definitely worked in venues and I did live sound, sure. But you know, like a, a nine to five, and I say that in quotes because there's no nine to five in Disney. It's sort of like all the time, right? Right. Um, so I was trained up basically as a technician by Disney, which is one of the biggest the leaders in entertainment in the world. So, you know, add three and a half years to that and a lot of my muscle memory is was was learned on the ship you know i had i had really good um leaders managers um and i had really good friends uh, the technical teams for the most part were really welcoming and engaging and and you know eager to teach you or to show you different things you know and i still consider myself really green back then like you know, I would tiptoe around thinking, oh, my God, if so, like imposter syndrome, yeah? Like, oh, my God, they're going to figure me out and then they're going to send me back to Trinidad. I just know it. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> I, I still suffer from that today. So, yeah, I, I mean, I was the only Trini, um, not the only person for, from the Caribbean, but the only Trini at the time. And I think another another guy after me came on as a technician but there's not much there's not many of us from the caribbean in on the tech team at all you know and um i was happy to represent you know what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> power to the trainees eh? and and when i go back to you know when i have my guest lectures at udt um i always suggest them to apply for cruise line because many people want to travel but they can't travel without working you know and then right. you can't work without a visa you know if you're going elsewhere and so the cruise line i think not just disney all of them i think it's a great way for young people to you know to be able to travel to make money and to have great experiences like to try to do to, i think that's the best way to go and I, I always tell people, you know, if you want, I'll give you some some advice about how to go about it. Uh, but definitely look into it and try. It's a great, it's, it's, it's foolproof. I, I agree. And uh, uh, when I went to um, uh, USITT this past March in, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, I had a couple of students ask me to go specifically to go find the, find the cruise lines and go ask them. And it was very, and I knew, I, I knew I was super proud of you when I went to the, when I went to the Disney and I said, yes, we had a, a, a girl from Trinidad. Her name was Megan. Oh, she's like, oh, Megan. Yes, I know Megan, Megan Gill, da, da, da. So. <laughs> you, yeah. 
<laughs> so that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and I, and I back definitely. I would definitely go back. And 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 I I may I I have no shame. I have I have invoked your name many a time when I'm like, <laughs> did you see what? It's like being a parent. Did you see what Megan did? She went out of being successful. You could be successful too. <laughs> And it's so true. Like you can, you really can. You know, I mean, but it's a lot of hard work. And I think people, I think once you get over, not over through, because you have to go through, not over. Hey, once you get through that first big deal, that first big cry, and feel like hopeless and all these things, if you can just somehow manage to pick yourself up. And there are tools available and you can learn to master your mind and all these different things. I'm not saying that I'm a master, but I definitely have done my fair share of mindful meditation. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and if you can just find a way to pick yourself up, I promise that it, it gets manageable. I can't say it gets easier, but you learn to manage, you know, you practice managing better and better and better. And, and then you can do bigger, bigger things, take bigger risks, you know, and um, it's, it's, you just have to, you just have to know that it's a lot of hard work and, and, and sacrifice. Speaking of that, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because there was a, a recent article uh, uh, put out about the, uh, how people in the arts, um, particularly the performing arts, have uh, a lot of issues because of the stress and strains and the demands of, mm -hmm. of, of what is required. Mm -hmm. I know for myself, um, I, I, may, I make no bones about this, there were times where I should have asked for help. There was, it, it had gotten to be a lot, you know, mm -hmm. whether uh, it, was, it was stress, whether it was an emotional problem, things like that, you know. It's, mm -hmm. uh, I, I said, you know, I need to compartmentalize this. I need to put this off to the side and, and things like right. that. And, and later it turned into, you know, some, some just bad decisions, some bad behavior and things like that. Sure. Um, I would like to know, I mean, you, 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 you speak, uh, you, you talked about just about putting yourself out there and, and, the, and, and the things that are required of it, you know, not a nine to five. Mm -hmm. um, how, how have you been, how have you addressed your, you know, your personal well-being? Do you? Do you make time for certain things? Do you say, have you, have you found it's okay to say no to some things knowing mm -hmm. that it's okay? I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you address it now? Yeah. Navigating, navigating these things is, is always very, um, tumultuous. Um, you know, balance, balance is such a difficult thing. And I think, you know, it, it I, I really think that, you know, life, you, you the whole point of life is just learning to balance like the whole like you know if you can learn to balance then you have mastered life i think you know um me personally i needed when i worked so hard and i have you know not just not just on the ship but you know things at home that might get me down you know so you know on top of working you know using my mentals and physicals on on the ships I have you know my own stuff my own stuff from home and so for me I think once I was able to find the balance it it meant you know doing 
I would do some cardio like at the gym, you know, on, on the bike, you know. Um, also for me, having a guitar that I can use is 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 something that's not even it's it's such a necessity, like almost, you know. Um I, if I can just play some guitar, then that also helps to like de-stress me as well, you know. Um, I'm still trying to find the balance. And some days I'm disappointed in myself and think, you know, I could have done something um, other th rather than something else, you know. But, you know, gentle, moving, moving towards success gently and caring, you know, because you have to you have to be that person for yourself. You know, you have to know that it's OK to fail and to fall, but you also really have to actively try I always tell people it's um, patience and diligence moving forward towards any any goal that you have, you know. So fostering um, feelings of 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 gratitude or feelings of um, I don't know, just being able to be proud of yourself for small victories as well is very helpful. Um, uh yeah that's all i can think of now but that's such a you know it's different things for different people you know but definitely to practice being mindful and understand that you know it's okay for things not to go your way and not to be too hard on yourself and don't take things personally especially in show business don't not to take things too personally is a that's another big uh thing yeah i I, 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 again, I freely admit I failed at that a lot. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Oh, it is. It is. It's just kind of like, what? It's like, why are you not listening to me? What do you mean my idea is bad? You know, you go through all those, those, those things where it's everything turns into a, a fight or, and you see that happen. The, uh, the thing that gets me is, um, is, you know, there, there are a lot of people that are touted as inspirational, you know, Mm -hmm. This guy is working so hard, or this gal has has done all this to achieve success and things like that. Um, you know, and at some point I went, wait a minute, that's unique to them, right? I am never going to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson waking up <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning, yeah, to, yeah. to go work out, to start my day, and then go do a movie and do all those things. I am clearly not built that way, but it's inspiring. It's inspiring because <laughs> it it's like. If you about determination and putting your mind to it, and and again, as you said, balancing that with being grateful and gratitude and 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 things like that. And I think, um, I think there's been a big swing uh, from the 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 me the me 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 generation or the that ideal. I hope, you know, uh -huh. you know, it's it's it, it's very interesting. Uh, a friend made a very interesting point uh, the other day. A guy named uh, Warren Gill, who, uh, uh, you know, like I said, he had this really insightful point because he was talking about uh, 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 social media. And he said, okay. and, I, and I, I kind of paraphrase here, but he said that, uh, and the dangers of it, the perils of it. And what was really insightful is, is that at one time, social, social awareness was the currency of the day. The more people know about me, the more I get out there, the more, you know, there's whatever opportunity or BBC. Uh -huh. And nowadays it's more about the currency is privacy. 
what do I keep for myself? Because now I don't want to, to expose all these things about myself. People don't need to know this stuff about myself. Yeah. And I went, you know, and I hadn't thought about that. So it's like, maybe, maybe that's a big indicator of where we should be going. It's like, we need to keep more things for ourselves that we can hold on to that are, yeah. that are, that are important to us that actually give us good physical and mental well-being as opposed to, you know, where we are right now and look at me yeah. at this part and things like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's going to be a, diff a difficult thing. I mean, you know, um, every, you know, the advent of social media and, you know, I mean, I, I remember applying for some internships and they wanted all of my accounts. Like, they wanted me to give them the names of, like, my Instagram or my LinkedIn or stuff like that. It's almost like I'm, I'm wearing my call card on my my Instagram page, you know, and it's, it's such a, it's such a strange time that we, we, we live in where, you know, people value themselves by the amount of, um, followers and likes and, you know, being seen. And, um, I feel like I'm really towing a line there because I, I'm, you know, the only time I want to be seen is when I'm on stage, I think, um, when I put myself in a place to be seen in the best way, you know? And I sort of had to like wrap my head around, you know, like Instagram, you know, and, and trying to be present and being being present and um, building networks in this way, you know, through the people that you have on your, you know, or followers or following, you know, but there are great things there. I mean, I follow a lot of art pages, a lot of musicians, and manage like management, uh, show business managers, um, not the not the social media influencers per se, or you know the frivolous things. Maybe one or two frivolous things. I I'd admit. <laughs> Maybe just you know a few a few frivolous things, but definitely no Kardashians. Th thank God, because <laughs> clearly because clearly they they don't need they don't need my money or my yeah, help. They don't. They don't need me to click follow. No. You know, if at if at twenty years old and have a billion dollars, you are more than welcome to to the 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 joys of that, and you are more than welcome to the pains of that. Be my guest. I, 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 I have, no no. I, I have a hard time. I really have a hard time when when people have platforms and they they don't. They don't use it for mm -hmm. like, you know, the like empowerment of um, certain maybe marginalized people or different things. You know, like I'm not saying that everyone needs to everyone in the public eye needs to have a, a, a stand on something. But but, you know, I, I just I would like I would love to have a platform so that I can be so that I can talk about, you know, like women's rights or, you know what I mean? Gender based violence. Like, you know, or or post things that that maybe I can help someone in some way by posting something. You know, like I feel I feel like my like for instance, you know, I I, I love to I love to show I try to show power, female power. You know, mm -hmm. I, I really I really like to 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 show or position myself in a way that I portray something powerful. You know, I because I see the power inside myself. And I would, and I, that's the, you know what I mean? But I, I, I have a, such a hard time. I, 
accepting people with such a platform, you know, that can affect, you know, thousands, millions of people, and then they just don't necessarily use it in the best way. And I'm not saying that the Kardashians do this. I'm not saying this or not. I'm not saying that they are guilty of this, but I'm saying that, you know, it's it just breaks my heart when when people in the public eye can't seem to to use their platform for strength and empowerment you know well it's it's interesting is that um uh you you saw the the news about uh, notre dame uh the yep and what's funny is is the you know you have all these these very well-to-do people and maybe in a in a very good way saying we're going to give these exorbitant amounts of, of funds to, to mm-hmm. rebuild mm-hmm. The, the the world's cathedral, you know, as as some have have have, have said, and right. I'm all I'm I'm all for you know the the, the saving of um of very important uh, and and culturally uh, important uh, uh, icons of the world, mm-hmm. but it was interesting reading some of the backlash where they're like, look, if a church burns down and we can get people to give a billion dollars to, to, to fix it. Why can we not get these same people to give smaller amounts to help with public education or feeding people or, yeah. or things like that? Why why is this a priority versus the the, the helping of of your fellow person? That the the money platform has always has always been kind of like one of those things where I scratch my head and and wonder why because it. If you look at statistics, I believe this to be true, is that the people that tend to give the most are the people that have the least. Right. You know, the you know, they 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 don't have a problem giving a dollar to, to, to someone, you know, on on the street or maybe pocket change or something like that. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's and it and it's interesting. The uh, the other thing that um, you, you were sp- talking about marginalized uh, groups and one of the the things that is obviously changing over time uh, recently, I, I guess, is uh, uh, certain things with identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, uh, I troll the internet. I go on to uh, YouTube and I look at all sorts of videos and things like that. And um, I'm, I, I, like, I like movies. So I was looking at uh, John Wick 3. And mm-hmm. uh, there is a, a, a person uh, who is who is in the film that identifies themselves as a binary non-gender specific person, uh-huh. and they the the change of the use of pronouns. Not they don't identify as he or she. They identify as they. they and I and I was curious about this, so I went to their Wikipedia page, and their Wikipedia page has changed all the pronouns to they. So yeah. as I read it, as I read it. It, it sounds very unnatural to me. They did this and they did that when you're talking about a first person singular. But, yes. but am I, have I reached a point where it's, th- this is something that I do not understand. I, I, yeah. And I, I have difficulty relating to it. Um, what, because you, you, are, you are in that up and coming uh, generation. I'm old, I'm, yeah. I admit that. But I, I'm willing to learn and at least under, hopefully get some understanding of, of, of what, what identity means nowadays. How, how, how would you describe then, say this is your platform to describe identity or, or something to that ilk, what, what would you tell me? Um, I mean, 
I, I think since, since the beginning of time, um, people have identified with things, yes? People like to organize ideas into, you know, subconscious boxes. Sure, right? Um, why we, we need to identify, I, I don't know. I don't know why sometimes it's relevant to identify. Now, I identify with certain things, with certain boxes, you know. Mm-hmm. I enjoy being a part of a group, you know, or feeling like I, you know. And there are certain boxes that that maybe I may identify a little bit, but not as much. Or, you know, so like some of the, the glasses are, are all kind of, you know, different levels of water in each, you know. It's not just one thing, you know. And I, I don't see, I honestly don't see the need to identify sure i mean i think we can all be they <laughs> i don't know why i don't have right. a, a um you know or I, I think i think the main thing about it is is understanding and or besides understanding is respect and acceptance you know i i know that some people will say that they don't have to accept certain things but i really don't like the word tolerance too much because sometimes it's used to mean like you know I don't like anything about you but because you are here I'm going to allow you to be here but just know that I don't necessarily like the fact that you're here but I'm going to tolerate your presence you know Mm. I have a I have a really hard time with the word tolerance you know because in my experience and in my coming out, I feel like I was always tolerated, you know? I, 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 I was always sort of tolerated, you know? I came out when I was 17 and, and it was a hard time, especially in Trinidad, to be out to family and friends, you know? I mean, my friends were great, you know? But, but it was a hard time, a hard period in my life and to be tolerated, you know, I was a great student. I was a talented musician. You know, I was a good person, funny, I, I thought, you know, hopefully a little witty and, uh, and charming too, you know, and to just be tolerated to me just didn't seem appropriate, you know. And so I've d- developed just, um, I don't know, the, the word tolerance is not, is not used, I think, in a, in a positive way. And so I don't, like I like to say accept, you know, you can you can accept someone for who they are. You can accept someone for who they are and then not have dealings with the things that they do. <laughs> you know? And I think that that beyond identi- the identifying an identity is is acceptance and, and and respect. And if we can accept and respect, then there would be no reason to identify anything. You know? Maybe I, I think too philosophical or too much but um and don't know no no not at all i think the i think those two two words are important acceptance and respect because they say uh you know uh uh two are earned and one is given you know you earn Mm -hmm. respect it's not given you have to earn it you know um but i think what we tend to forget is that it has to go both ways it has to be, uh, 
I have found that there is still deeply embedded, um, uh, I don't want to say, well, tolerant, lack of tolerances or, mm-hmm. or prejudices still in the arts today. It's still considered, you know, for, for, for people who don't quite check the, the proper boxes, as, as mm-hmm. you pointed out. Because mm-hmm. I know that, um, and I don't think I'm saying anything out of school, is that, you know, you go to a school and they tend to be safe havens for, 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 for kids who just don't have, who don't fall into the category of, I want to be an athlete, particularly. I don't want to be, I don't identify as, as or there I go again. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not in this group. I'm not in that group. But mm-hmm. I fall into this big pot, this big group that, that kind of embraces us all. Uh, you know, I think I think that's what the arts is always meant to me as mm-hmm. as a kid who didn't fit in because he wasn't athletic. He wasn't as funny, you know, whatever it may be. But I have found great acceptance in the arts yeah. because, you know, everybody, everybody was kind of like me and in, yeah. in varying degrees. Right, you know? right. I mean, as well, yeah. I mean, if I could, there's something about the arts, man. <laughs> you know, there's something about the arts. Like, I don't know. Think about it. When you were a kid, right? You didn't like have these huge dreams of like being, you know, in business administration. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. I don't know. I- I'm just. No, it's it's true. Not everybody says I want to work uh, at a desk in in that office. People don't say that. Maybe there's a very small percentage. I could be wrong. Sure, I've been I wrong mean, a lot. I'm sure there are people that love to sit at desks, you know. But I I don't know. I just I think that if I have if I have to exist in a system that is already flawed, okay, then I'm gonna do it on my own terms, <laughs> you know. There you go. Like, if I have to be here because this is the only way that I can, I don't know, get, build credit and buy a house, you know what I mean? I don't know, also to own something, property, I don't know, then I'm, then I'm going to just try to do it on my own terms because the system is, is pretty much in shambles anyway. So I might as well just, you know, enjoy the ride and, and, and do something that I'm remotely passionate about, you know? You work for most of your life, hey. Or you, you know, you have to exist for a long time, you know, in, you know, unless you, something unfortunate happens. But the, the thing about it is that you have this, like, space of time to exist. And it is, it is important that while people exist, they feel safe and they feel they enjoy some parts of it, you know, and whether that's, choosing to identify or not or whether that's the difference between working in the creative industry and working you know in the in the business world or you know another then I think that you need to remember that you're human first and that you need to find a a way to enjoy the time that you have and you know I I know that there are there are people, groups of people that can't, that don't have this privilege to say, well, I'm going to try to pursue something, maybe because they don't have enough money to pursue it, 
or maybe because they have a family to support and they have to just do what they can, you know? And I, I understand that. But I, I believe that this is where our governments should come in and say, we see that these people don't have um, a place to play with their family or, you know, have an opportunity for free to express some kind of creativity or have an outlet in general. Let me try to provide a safe space for people to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. Everyone deserves to have to enjoy their life some somehow, you know. We can't be for forty years working and 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 not enjoying a damn thing about it. I can't get behind that, you know. In the same way, I can't get behind bullying and 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 people who who really want to shove their own way of life down your throat. Right. So speaking speaking of living uh, your your best life and life on your own uh, on on your own terms, uh, you know you you have made an incredible journey from from Trinidad to to seeing the world via 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 cruise line to making your way to to Europe now and uh, what what is life now 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 you're in Rome Italy but prior to this you were where in Europe. Uh, no hair. So I came. I came straight to to Italy. Um, oh, okay. For some reason, I thought there was a stop along the way. Mm, well, I can't even remember. There are many stops along the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've been to many stops, so I'm not sure exactly which one you you mean. But I've I've been based in Rome since um, October 2018. And and so what? Now you said you're here. You're at a university pursuing a degree. Yes, that is true. And, yes, and that is true. Okay. Um, well, yeah. What 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 is the name of the university? Um, it's Rome Business School. Um, it's a private um, school. Um, and I'm doing arts and culture management there. Mm-hmm. Now. The best thing about it has been the network that I've been able to meet and make um, while there. I mean, first of all, my my class, this is the first time since Providence, because I was like an all-girls, you know, school. This is the first time since I was 16, 17, 18, and form six, 18 years old, okay, that I'm in a class with women. And I'm so happy, okay, because I... I've been in, in school with only guys for the entire time, not just school, but even <laughs> you know, the tech industry, you know, is is saturated by men, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's such a pleasure to be in school with so many fantastic women. I mean, not all of them have a production background. We all have different backgrounds and different strengths. And it's been amazing to be able to interact with them all from all over the world because it's, um, you know, it's, it's catering to as an English speaking program. So people from all over the world um, are enrolled. And it's it's been such a pleasure to get to know these, my fellow classmates, um, my comrades, you know, it's it's been such a blast to be around women and have that like female energy. <laughs> I, I I truly am so grateful for it. It's it's been it's been great. Um, living in in Rome, um, it's been very humbling, mainly because they're not they don't speak English much. 
Okay. So mm -hmm. I have to, I learned to accept silence <laughs> quite a lot mm -hmm. in a room full of people having a good time and also observe other people, you know, and having their good times too. So, you know, sort of like, like appreciating the sonder of it all, you know, like the knowing everyone has their own life and their own deeper connections as, 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 as wide and vast as I do, everyone's life is just so wide and vast. And so not being able to speak the language helps to sort of be able to just look in and, 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 and look at people having a good time. Hey? But yes, I'm learning. I'm still, I'm still quite bad, but I can, um, I can speak basic and um, I can understand pretty well. So, so I'm happy about that. Um, and then being here doing arts and culture, in the place of arts and culture. I mean, I couldn't have, this was a great place to, to study, to study those things. You know, <laughs> I've been no to so many galleries, so many museums. Um, it, it's crazy, like, you know, music, festival, um, uh, arts, so many things happening. Um, so many things to, to do that are very, not just like drink a rum, you know, which I quite like. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm thinking about how, how this culture could translate or like to the, you know, Caribbean um, experience. I, I have a lot of thoughts in my head, you know, but I, I would love to be able to, if I can just bring Italy or Europe in general to Trinidad, just so people can see, I really, I, I, I believe that people, I would love for everyone to be able to leave the place that they call home for a period of time. I, it, 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 I would love for everyone in the world to be able to leave the space that they call home and just venture. It, it, it changed your life. It changed your perspective. It opens your mind. It, it, it shows you life in a different way, you know, just for example, you know, there's, there's a lot of like homophobia, you know, in, in, in Trinidad and, you know, men don't like to get too close to other men, you know, uh, the, the idea of a man kissing you on your cheek as a man to some people, it, it's just this disgusting idea. But, but in Italy, a typical greeting, the way that friends greet friends is a double kiss on the cheek, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so just seeing the, the difference in the, the culture you know, it's, it, it really does spark. It, it, it helps to grow new neural pathways in your brain. You know what I mean? Like you are changing your mind when you travel, you know, and it, it is, it is my wish that, that people are able to travel somehow, you know, and, and, and I think now I'm just thinking, how do I help in some way with this, thing you know I, th I, I think it, it boils down to encouragement I, I, I've said to, to many of people I said the first step isn't, isn't planning the trip the first step is getting the passport once you get that you have no excuse because now you mm -hmm. have the mechanism that allows you the ability to go do that mm -hmm. then, then when, I, when I first started traveling I, I started going to places where I had something to do because I am not the, 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 the adventuresome type to just book a trip to, to, to somewhere and go, I don't know where I'm going, but you know, what the heck? 
but but one one of the things that I started to do, I think I, um, I think when I went to Prague for the first time, and I, uh oh, here comes the Trinidad rain. Uh, uh, is it galvanized on top? Because I could just fall asleep if you turn your volume up a bit more. <laughs> uh, uh, if the raindrops are heavy enough, it'll 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 start sounding like thunder. Uh, but the uh, what I was gonna say was um, uh, now I'm lost in the rain. <laughs> uh, remember. Oh right, right, right. Oh right, right. So I went to uh, 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 I went to. In no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't Prague. Actually, it was when I went to. Um, I was on a cruise, and we had ports of call, and we went. To, we were going to Greece, and. I was not really into going to seeing the, the sites. So I found a, a, a place to go visit online. And I said, I'm going to go find that place. And uh -huh. I, so I get off the boat at whatever time they let us off at like 7 o'clock in the morning. And everyone's, you know, getting onto buses or things like that. I hop in a taxi. I take a taxi to uh, a, a train station, a train station to a bus, a bus to uh, a, a place where they drop me off. And I start to wander, and eventually I find this place at like nine o'clock in the morning. So it's this this journey, which I oh, thought no. was going to take, which I thought was going to take longer, but didn't. So uh -huh. I ended up showing up too early, and the place was closed. So I walked down to a cafe, and uh, uh, they're looking at me like, "Who is this American?" I okay, <laughs> Greek sound like Italians to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> And and uh, I said uh, like a, a coffee please and, and and so they just kind of like they they accept my existence but they just kind of like ignore me. Right. So I, I have my coffee and then I walk back down and uh, Greeks are notoriously late, notoriously late. Uh, and so I get there and you know the, the the these people have opened up and there's a children's class going on, and right. I introduce myself. I say I sent an email and. And things like that. And they're like, really? Okay, well, go, go sit over there and wait. I said, okay. So the children's class goes and happens. And, you know, the, the person I'm supposed to meet, you know, hasn't shown up yet. And so the people that had run the children's class said, okay, well, you can wait here uh, for, for the class. We'll, we'll, we'll let you say, oh, by the way, here's the key to, to, to the building. Uh, if, they, if they don't show up in whatever amount of time. 30 minutes or something like that. Lock up, take the key back to the cafe and give it to them and they'll know what's going on. And I, I, it, was, it, was, it was hysterical. Eventually the person did show up. I didn't have to lock up. And so uh, I ended up spending an hour, two hours there. And eventually, I mean, we have to get back to the boat. And uh, I'm like, I, I, and I'm going through this mental journey of how do I get back to the bus to get back to the train to get back to these things. And the, one of the guys that was in class with me was like, don't worry. I, see, again, they sound like Italians. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. I'll, I'll drive. I'll drive you to uh, the proper train station. And, but let me get you lunch. And, you know, we spent 20, 30 minutes driving around. He's like, oh, yeah, here's this. Here's that. Uh, oh, but hey, we'll, we'll stop here. We'll get you some food. And, you know, we got some very, you know, whatever, everyday Greek food. Mm. And 
it was, I couldn't buy that journey. It just, I happened, I happened into it because I said, you know what, I'm going to go be curious and go check something out. But it took sure. me some time to, to, mm-hmm. to get, and it was very funny because I, I get back to the, I, I take the train back. He, take, he drops me off at the train. I take the train back to the, the waterfront. And as I'm coming down, I think an elevator or escalator or something, I, all of a sudden I run into everybody that, uh, who had, who had left to, on the ship and, and was mm. coming back. They're like, where were you? Where did you go? We were looking for you. I said, well, I have, I got a story for you. <laughs> like what possessed you? You know, they go through all those, all those things, but, um, so uh, oh, oh, believe me, it's countless. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing, but I, I, I've taken us off into a tangent. One of the things that I would like to see in this country, in Trinidad particularly, and you may be the right person to do it. Hopefully, I'm planting the seed in your in your in your mind. Not again, is, Richard. Oh, no, well, <laughs> is uh-huh. I would like to see someday a large national gallery that that shares the art and culture of of this area. Something to the size of something small, like I don't know, the Guggenheim, the yeah. artists of of chicago you know I've, just a small place i've actually um conceptualized a gallery um was it a gallery or a museum a museum i conceptualized a museum for one of my assignments um and i put it in tobago um yeah so there's a there's a paper written by me that's a a, a skeleton of a, a concept that might be somehow possible if we stumble upon, you know, a large amount of millions and an endowment and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> private investments. Well, well, you would be surprised. Uh, when was the when was the last time you were here in Trinidad? Um, October. October. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I thought it was never going to get done. But if you go past uh, Woodford Square mm-hmm. and you see uh, Red House, what was the old yeah. parliament building, the, almost all the scaffolding is gone. I mean, they've, they've, they've no. started to, to really yeah. paint it. It, in a way, indeed. Richard, you go, you're blowing mine right now. If you go around the Savannah, like they've, uh, 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 the, the castle gallery, Gallery Castle, I can't remember quite the name. Uh, that that's all complete. That that's open, and they they have little tours. Whitehall, which is right next door, um, they've removed all the galvanized that was in front of that, and that's being repainted now and should be open soon. And they're slowly working their way down the 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 seven the seven house the seven houses there. Yeah. And, and really, you know the. It's very strange. I don't know where the, the time or the money or, or however it is, but they've made progress on some very important things, which, like I said, I never thought would get done. Sure. I wonder who's spearheading all of this. I, I, I don't know. But whoever that person is, if they ever hear this, their next big thing is to contact Megan and start making that museum. <laughs> well, I, you know, I remember I was talking to you about this VR idea that I had. Um, yes. It's. I mean, that was that was in terms. Of, I mean, that 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 was just a small drop, you know, of of something that has a lot more potential. But 
you know, obviously we can't bring, you know, the, the famous paintings from around, you know, from, from, from our history, the history of the world. You know, we can't just bring it all to Trinidad for a show. Maybe we can, but I don't see it working. I don't see it being possible anytime soon. But, but what we can do is sort of curate um, a virtual space in which these things can take place. And so I toyed, was toying with the idea because I have to write my final thesis soon of, um, of, of that, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, and so maybe I would put a pin in it because now I'm sort of venturing on um, other ideas. Um, to well, it's, it's, it, it, it's, in, it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, when I uh, attended Oystad's 50th event, 50th anniversary, at the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama, they had a, uh, uh, a display of, uh, of uh, a sonographer, a Welsh sonographer uh, mm. named Paul Brown, who, whose work was absolute genius. I mean, it was, it's, it's stunning. And um, they had they had set up uh, two displays. One was in a, a lower gallery downstairs, and it was some of the 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 things from his um, from his workshop, his his uh, studio, and it just all it's organized and you know the, the the stuff that you can touch, and things like that. And then upstairs in a, in another room was actual the drawings and the con- concepts and and things like that. And one of the things that they had done before they had kind of taken apart his his studio was they went in with virtual reality cameras and did a, mm-hmm. a full mapping of of the entire space so you could put on the goggles get some paddles or some some sort of uh, uh joysticks uh-huh. and you could and you could physically look around walk around the uh-huh. the the space and see you know all the stuff that you had kind of were kind of seeing around you physically you can yeah. now see where it was and where it stood and get a kind of a sense of how how small actually his his studio was so sure so i mean i i have been to i've been to two virtual real um yeah virtual reality um displays if you will um and one that was very interesting one I, was um the brand um Hermes is the French luxury brand of, I mean, they, they specialize in like leather goods and stuff like that. They had like mm-hmm. um, uh, a sort of like a showing or workshop kind of atmosphere where their artisans were there basically making the, the watches or the handbags or showing you how all of these things were done. And then there was a VR um, corner, right? With two little seats and you put the, you put the, the visor on the, the glasses on, right? The helmets, whatever you want to call it, and you are in the these various um, production um, factories that produce these like beautiful works of like um, glass, you know, uh, different mm-hmm. things, and they're taking you through. Uh, you know, I'm sat on a chair, a swivel chair, yeah, and they're taking you through, and you can see. Some, so I look back and there's like a guy pushing me on a cart, yeah? And you can literally head to toe, 360, completely submersive, um, immersive experience um, with that. And and between those two that I had experienced, I realized that, I mean, and also, you know, Imogen Heap uses, you know, VR um, quite a lot too. I mean, she's had like full VR concerts 
where she performed live somewhere and you know but vr is a great way to to allow experiences to happen that otherwise wouldn't and and i'm not sure too much on the the costs um associated with with it but i think that it's i think that it's a really great tool for teaching because you have this cool new age futuristic technological thing you know and already people get excited for 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 those things you know so if you can fill it with in with fun interesting educational things that will bring people back you know time and time again then i think you'd really have something or you know hopefully no one else tries to do this before i do so <laughs> well i i i think it's 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 like anything if it's your idea and it's and it's meant to be you're going to see it through the end and it's going to change obviously and and mm. become more awesome and and very yeah cool. i have other ideas i'm toying with now i can never make up my damn mind so it takes <laughs> me some time you know it takes me some time to sort of figure out what what it is i want to do but you know i'm keeping all the options open for now and and letting it come to me you know i i have uh i have i've always there 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 are some there are things that uh being Having become a having become a teacher, I, I say I didn't start off to be this, but it's what I've kind of turned into. Um, one of the, one of the things that I started to learn very quickly is that I have to be mindful and and embrace certain things that I may not care for, um, and I and I mean that like technology, like mm -hmm. I, I, when I when I went to school when I went to school back in the day. <laughs> Yeah. Back in my day, um, you know, the idea of cell phones and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that I mean, you were lucky if you had a, a computer in your in your in your room or, or something like that. And now with, you know, the everything at the at, the, at our fingertips and I, I attended a, a seminar or, or two and they were talking about how bringing technology into the class and and, you know, instead of fighting it, how do you embrace it? And, and, you know, it's the, the, the folks who are now in their early twenties, maybe a little bit younger than that, have such a grasp of what technology can do for them, you know, and, and, and how to integrate it. You know, it's, it's, I've sat in many a meeting with people of my age and they're like, well, how do we do this? And how do we make that happen? I said, and I, I have raised my hand many a time. I said, we need to go find a 12 year old, someone who just, they just know it. They, yeah, we're, we're, we're past certain things. I mean, unless you specialize in IT or specialize in some sort of creative, creative form and you, you got it down cold or you know people, it, it boils down to embracing the, encouraging the people that are, are living in the te current technology and, you know, th they have the ideas, you know. Right on. Mm -hmm. I'm there with you. So, so I'm encouraging you and all your genius to oh, to, 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 to help help this poor fella uh, get get himself a little bit more educated about the uh, about the technologies. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. So that's and, a deal. I mean, there's some pretty fantastic things happening around the world, and incorporating technology into or like new age forms of entertainment. You know. I, I especially love to track trends when it comes to music, 
uh, like especially pop culture. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily listen. I don't actually listen to the radio at all. But you know, I definitely keep track of the trends and the who's who's on the top forty. And I also keep track of trends in technology um, quite a lot and the movement of um, you know the movement to this real really digital era where I mean I'm just gonna like in my mind cinema is no longer a thing and what it is is like a 4D experience because the only way that you would go to it now is if it was like this ridiculous experience right um because you know there's Netflix there's other ways to get movies there's other things that you can do I mean you know you know between Netflix and Uber Eats you'll never leave their house you know what I mean <laughs> Wait, which which is sad because we really need to interact with people sure sure and so so this is where this is where the the new age um entertainment options would come in you know you, you're talking about like fun house experiences for adults you know like some something that you can explore while while still having a good time or also having like a bar available to you you know what i mean um where you you're experiencing colors and textures and music and stimuli stimuli you know um these kinds of things are what is sort of trending and and these types of these types of entrepreneurs are, are really making some headway like there's the the company Meow Wolf that does these things um, based out of um, Santa Fe, but now they're expanding to like Las Vegas and and uh, other um, other areas, taking this like completely immersive experience, funhouse type thing, you know. Also, Wondom in San Francisco and a bunch of others, you know. Um, and then then there's like you know really cool um, like art installations. You know that you can interact with that involve technology or not. I mean, these these are things that are that are happening. This is nothing that I'm just making up, or this is not something I'm I'm, I'm imagining. Like these are real things that that are real ways to engage people in in the new age in this era. You know, because things are going to fade out and things are going to phase out, and whether we want it to or not, you know, it's it's about you know, the only thing that's constant is change, hey? And so it's, it's about sort of keeping with, with that um, and understanding and moving with it and accepting and flowing with the changes that happen, you know? I, I would love to just be like, you know, 6,000 years old and still alive, immortal, you know, and just observing the technology change around me. I mean, I don't know who, you know, climate, with, with the current state of the climate, who knows how long the you know the earth is going to be here but as long as there's things happening if i could just keep looking in at, at the changes you know i think that would be like the best thing for me you know I'm, I'm obsessed with 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 it and i just sort of challenge myself to to um predict changes like predict what i think is going to happen or or my, my, like for a long time i was obsessed with how youtube would respond to Netflix and Hulu, you know, and how, how, how they would sort of, I was, I, like, I had an interpretation where it would, they would kind of do more of like an Instagram type thing, but they went with like a super like Netflix approach too. So they offer their own original content plus other, you know, 
like a whole it's like having apple music on on youtube now it's crazy like it, it it's things are changing and it's blowing my mind and i'm very excited about it all <laughs> so so okay so so in, in in if 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 there's one thing that uh, you could like hone down on as as the thing that you want to you want to you want to focus on the the next the next trend what is what is that what is that thing sure so something that that I want to focus on the next yeah. trend. Yeah. Um. Mm, 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 mm. I would love to be ahead of the the musical trends. Um, okay. Pop culture music trends. Um. I don't. I can't predict what's next. But you know, there's there's been the trend of like the the chorus chorus. You know, where it's like a um if you know a group of people singing chanting the chorus. There was, and this is like, you know, going through the years, the trend of the no chorus chorus, where they just repeat the, you know, it's just an instrumental um, interlude, basically, you know, and yeah. then there's the, the whistle and the, the trumpets. And I'm sure that everything I say, you're picturing a song or you're picturing a something, you know. Um, and right now, I would like to believe that it is um, this, what I deem a flutter effect where um billy eilish is actually doing this in like her entire album it, it has this like sort of trend of the effect going through where like the bass and the vocal flutter in a way that if you've ever been on a train and then you go through a tunnel and that mm -hmm. kind of that kind of sound where the, the glasses are just cracked like it has this kind of panned strange feeling but it's really cool and different and I would I would love for that to be something that makes it mainstream just because it's a little bit just because it's quite different from what people um, are accustomed to. And like Billie Eilish, I don't know if you know who that is, but she's a new. Well, um, well it, it's funny is I learned about her in in in, in watching uh, Sean Evans uh, uh, interview show called Hot Wings, where they they. Uh, he has an interview show where they eat successively hot wings uh, okay. with with different hot sauces on it. And and I, I watched the one with her. So it's very funny that you say that. But at, as I was watching YouTube, as I as I tend to do, um, I actually looked up her music and it was so just kind of out there. It was not at all what I expected. Yeah. And, 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 and the other thing I learned is that she's under 20. It's yeah, like, she's 17. But it's reminiscent wow. of like listening to her the album, listening to the entire album, seeing her vibe. She has this dark quality about her, and I mean it's it's been done before, and it um it you know Lord did it, yeah. Like when yeah, yeah, yeah I know who Lord with, with that with that album, pure heroin. Um, you know it was very much like um very like vocal forward, and lots of harmonies that are spread um spread across the image but but also like um very post-produced and you see, i feel like you see that also with with billy eilish um and and also the fact that billy is signed to interscope records which is um you know interscope records has has been putting out some of the most bizarre captivating artists over the years yeah so i almost kind of trust I almost kind of trust them, you know, to, to find these strange and amazing um, characters, you know. Um, 
So we'll see if that matter if we talk about if it makes it big, you know. But um, you know, also I love for Kimber to be the next big thing because she's my favorite artist. So I I, I can tell because you are currently wearing a, a Kimber shirt. I, Now, oh yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah. So, so was that that? So was that the some that's someone you saw just recently? Yes. I just met her. Yeah, I just met her like um in March, and it changed my whole life. <laughs> like I know that it sounds strange, but I mean I've idolized her, and I've taken so much, I've taken so much inspiration from her. I mean she's a a talented writer. She's an amazing producer. You know she's she's very cool and forward thinking. In that when she created her last album, which came out what's the day? Nice twin. So it came out a year ago tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Um. Um. Yeah. She she set up this like really cool like um uh, interface on her website where like she put uh she sampled some stuff from her album and had little sample beats and you can just press the pad and you can make your own like song using tiny little cut samples from her album like these little things here. Eh? Anyway, I've been obsessed with her for a long time. I finally made it to one of her shows, and then she was she was in Milan, and I was like, well, obviously I'm going to go to her show. If I don't do anything else while I'm here, I'm going to go to her show. And then I had a chance to to meet her and have a conversation with her, and it was so great. This is this is the one moment in my life where my show business experience helped me with my nerves, like. This is this is I could channel the nerves into you know into action. Yeah, is what I've been able to do. You know, if show business taught me nothing else, that's what it did. And had a had a long conversation with her about her productions, um, and the the producers that she works with, and what it means to her, like w- like which one she had creative more creative control over than others. You know, but she she has she has a lot of control over all of her material, and she said she wanted to come to Trinidad. So I think that we need to make that happen at some point too. Okay, I will. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm happy to be part of the team, but you're <laughs> the one that's got the connection. You get the credit for for it. So <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so so no pressure. Meg, the 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 Megan Gill Museum of Modern Art. And Kimbra concert. Oh, Richard, you're breaking up quite a bit. Oh yeah. Okay. I, as I was saying. Uh huh. As I was saying, the no pressure. The the Megan Gill Museum of Modern Art and a Kimbra concert. You got that? Uh, yeah. Um. You know, I I honestly don't doubt that I can do it. When <laughs> I really don't, but it just it's just a matter of when. You know, patience and diligence. Patience being cured in this particular s- scenario. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I understand. Well, uh, it has been almost uh, an hour and a half, and this has been a fantastic conversation. I'm so glad we finally got this to, to work because I know we have obviously very different time zones that we're in. Um, yeah. I hope uh, you got some from our conversation. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> You're going to you're going to go worldwide, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but I, again, I'm grateful. I'm I, for 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 everything. Um, I am so p- super super proud of you and what you you have accomplished. It wasn't because of me. It was because of you. But I, and, I must 
must also thank you and uh, you know all of my professors at the the time i mean it i remember sitting behind sitting on the panel of i can't even remember all who was was on the other side of the desk but asking me like what i wanted to do with my life and i don't know i said something and then and then across the board everyone suggested you know maybe you should go explore some options you know um outside of of, of here and I, I thought well all right <laughs> you know and um and so said and so I, i'm very thankful and appreciative of all of the teachings and all of the things that you know my professors made me do that i didn't necessarily want to and i'm, I'm very glad that i eventually was receptive because with without without you know the, the teachings from you guys you know this i wouldn't be here talking to you right now i, I believe so really honestly thank you and i hope that i hope that the the students at, at, at the school really realize you know how how good they, they have it i mean there was no other opportunity to do these things before um in in this way you know and the the staff is is passionate among uh, you know above everything else and you know i would love to every like like i said every time i come back home i i have to come into udt and you know check for for different people and you know do a guest speak speech or whatever the case is but but i would always, as as long as the school's standing there i will be back in some way you know if if you guys would have me so you're always you're always welcome welcome to my house so no <laughs> no problems there uh the uh if you if you get the opportunity uh in, in the next month or so if you have if you have the opportunity i'm going to be in prague for the prague quadrennial i'll be there for going? prague no yeah I, I i said are you going because i'm waiting yes. patiently for my um for my volunteer i don't know whatever the case whatever the thing is like i'm, I'm hoping that they, they give me the the okay soon because i would love to come and be a part of it but if i cannot be a part of it i would love to come and observe because that looks insane man that like performance art exhibition performances it's like fit it's everything that you could think of in the arts happening for for two weeks or so eh? and and yeah and I want to be there, <laughs> yes. And it's close by, yeah. so I'm hoping that I can, I can make it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Oh, I'd love to see you, Richard, in person. I'd love to see you. That'd be cool. Okay, now more, more of an incentive to try and get my, my butt across there. <laughs> okay. There you go. And, and if that doesn't work, I'm going to be in Germany uh, just after that for a week. So I'll Perfect. be in Berlin. We keep in touch then, because I'll definitely come out and have a German beer with you, for sure. Excellent, excellent. Okay. Oh, and uh, by the way, you know how you were saying uh, advice. I I would be remiss if I didn't pass this along. Your mother called. She said, "Eat your vegetables, <laughs> sit up straight, and call more often." <laughs> okay. All right. I'll call her now. Okay. Good. Because. <laughs> Cause, cause I, I'm tired of hearing it from her. <laughs> Where's my daughter? Why isn't she calling? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I wish my, I wish my mom had your number to harass you. I really do. <laughs> I wow. Well, well, we'll we'll work that out off 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 the air. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> All right. So, um, again, I wish you the best. I know you're the best, and. <laughs> 
we'll catch up soon. Thanks a lot, Richard. I appreciate it. And same to you. Keep in touch. <laughs> See you. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this latest episode of the podcast. Remember, this podcast is listener-supported, so wherever you get it, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This podcast can be found on such platforms as iTunes Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, we can be reached at archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's A-R-C-H-I-V-E-T-T-24 at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Archiving Technical Theater History. We appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.